Welcome everybody to the Wright County GOP podcast. Uh, Before we get going, I have to read the disclaimer or basically just say it from my mind, which is the views and opinions expressed here in this episode are those of myself and my guests. Today we have Angie and Emily from Moms for Liberty. Angie is the founder of the Wright County chapter. Um, You may have heard us talk last summer on my previous endeavor. Uh, We had, she was my first guest actually. I was, I was. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, we're just going to get going here. They're going to tell us uh, what they've got going. You know, we'll go through the backstory, uh, find out how they both got to where they are. Um, I'll ask some questions and then uh, it'll just be a good old time is what I'm thinking. So again, without further ado, uh, how about Angie, we start with you. Take us through your life rather quickly um, and how you, you know, high school, anything after high school, how you got to starting Moms for Liberty in Wright County. Take it away. Well, thank you for having me. And uh, long story short, I graduated in 1991 from Rosemount High School. Um, I worked for a while. I didn't decide to go to college till I was in my 30s. And I graduated from college and I'm currently a physical therapist assistant that I love to do. I love helping people. Um, I get to see miracles every day and my career is very rewarding. Uh, my daughter was born in 2008 um, in Hanover and she went to Hanover Elementary School where our Native American heritage came up and that's kind of what cued me into what's really going on in the school system. My daughter is, looks Native American. Uh, they would not let her play a Native American in a Thanksgiving parade and because they didn't want to stereotype her. So after a discussion with the principal and Hopefully that will never happen again because people are proud of their heritage no matter where they're from and they should be able to celebrate it and um, everything however they want. Uh, So that's kind of what cued me into what's really happening and I started really watching what Sam's bringing home from school and you start reading it and you're like, no, no, no. Here's what's going on with global warming. Here's what's going on with cars. Like they try and tell you all these things through math problems, through reading problems. And that's how they slide it all in there. It's not a, it hasn't been up until now, a really in your face kind of thing. And then I was driving along and I was listening to Sean Hannity and I heard Tiffany Justice on there about Moms for Liberty. And I was like, hey, that's kind of right up my alley just as kind of a preemptive uh, group, just to kind of keep an eye on the school. Sam really hasn't had any problems in the school, um, except for the one incident. Um, Otherwise, she's loved her, everybody in school, and has always enjoyed going to Buffalo Hanover Montrose School District. And um, it was quite eye-opening how the people are I kind of against you like you're against parent rights like why I just don't I just can't understand that at all and we've had some pushback and we've done some 
we've done some other things with Moms for Liberty, which we'll get into in a little bit. So, Emily, go ahead. What's your story? So, I graduated in 05 from uh, Champlain Park High School, more of an inner city uh, high school. Uh, I went to college for uh, health information and informatics management. So, I have a, I'm a registered health information administrator. So, you're smart. Well, I don't know about that. Uh, <laughs> I learned to centralize all your health care. <laughs> um, so, I don't know about that. Uh, that's kind of what triggered my thoughts on all this and got me into this was the healthcare stuff. I got out of healthcare completely. Um, because you just kind of came aware of all of this stuff. Like I have been aware of this mm-hmm. for years and you're just in the last like two years, right? Or, yeah. I was a hardcore liberal up until three years ago. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yep. <laughs> big flip. Big flip. Yep. Will, it was a big flip for me. Um, we'll get into that. Yeah. Uh, so that kind of is an interesting thing. Um, I got, got married, um, been married for nine years. I have three kids. Um, I started when this whole COVID thing happened with the healthcare system, I started going, something's not right here. So I started doing my research and digging and looking for other pieces of information and um, learned a lot about the Common Core framework. Uh, my kids, one of my, my second grader came home with a map of Minnesota and the title of it was The First Americans and they drew out the Native American tribes. And I had to tell my son, um, you know, Minnesota wasn't part of America until the 1800s, so that doesn't make any sense. I think it was 1884 or something, I can't remember the exact date, but... 1858. 1858, that's what it was. There's a boundary line somewhere when I drive home from our cabins, and I see that boundary line all the time, too, so... um, Yeah, so that's kind of what woke me up. I was like, oh, something's not... Something's not adding up here. So that's kind of what led me to Angie. And then I saw uh, Lucero. He had posted a posted a posting about meeting with Bonds for Liberty, and oh, I, I immediately jumped in. With both feet. Yep. You've been amazing to have, have as a partner in all of this. Um, Angie, well, no, I guess you... I've lost my train of thought, but <laughs> I will get it back. Uh, no, you just told us how you started Moms or how it came about. Um, what would you say your goal and mission is with Moms for Liberty? So Moms for Liberty Wright County, our goal is to educate parents and to help them feel like they have the power to ask the questions, to take back their kids' education, to... Talk to their kids about what they're learning in school. I think over the last 50 years, parents have been pushed out of the schools just little by little. And um, so I think just seeing me around, seeing our group around helps other people who might not feel like they have any footing to ask these questions have footing and be like, you know what? I'm not wrong for feeling like something's off in my school. I'm not wrong for feeling like maybe my second grade teacher shouldn't be reading books about little boys in dresses. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and I shouldn't be afraid to ask, why are you doing that? And know that other people are out there behind them to stand up for them. So that's why, I mean, that's our goal, I think, 
as a group is just educating the public, making them feel empowered. Yeah. Yep. Um, how many chapters of Moms for Liberty are there in Minnesota? In Minnesota, there are six. Okay. Otter um, Tail County, Dakota County, Rochester, Scott County, Wright County, and there's one I'm totally missing. Okay. I totally forgot, but they're new. They're mm-hmm. newer. And there's Southern Minnesota. Uh, do you know who the first one was? Wright County was the first. In Minnesota? Yep. So that was you. That was me. So these are all after that is amazing. That yep. is wonderful. Did everybody hear that? And Native Americans started our Moms for Liberty chapters in Minnesota. That's right. <laughs> That's awesome. It is awesome. <clears throat> um, so if you had a reasonable liberal in front of you, <laughs> and uh, and I say this because... I have family members um, who, if they knew that I was having two Moms for Liberty people in my house and doing this, they would, they would possibly, I mean, they would possibly just drop dead right there of shock and horror. Uh, and, because, and, and I bring this up because, you know, obviously now, according to the SPLC, just recently, officially, they have now deemed you extremists. I believe right-wing extremists. Uh, and for somebody that, within the last couple years, went from the left to the right, I find that a little hilarious that mm-hmm. <laughs> they would label you as now a right-wing extremist when just a couple years ago you were on their side. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> if you had somebody that would sit down in front of you and actually listen and not storm out of the room or not, you know, spittle in your face Name call. by screaming. Mm-hmm. How would you explain to them your, how would you explain to them that you are not extremists? Like what is, why is that such a ridiculous label? We just want transparency in the schools. I mean, I don't know how that's difficult. I think every parent would like to know what their kid is learning. Right. I, I agree. Um, m- my question to them would be, what? how do you want to be involved in your kid's education? And, you know, we're dealing with the public here, and the schools should deal with the, the lowest common denominator. There are parents who don't want to be involved in their kids. They think the school's doing a great job raising their kids, and turning boys to girls and stuff like that. They love that stuff. And that's their prerogative from Moms for Liberty perspective. But they also need to, to the school needs to deal with the parents that are involved, that want to know, that want the answers, that want to be part of their kids' education and take things out and put things in. And so the school should encompass all of those things. And at what point do they think it shouldn't? Like, so we're not taking everybody's everybody's feelings and everybody's desire to be involved in their kids at whatever level. We shouldn't take all of them into consideration, just parts of them. Like, I would ask them to explain that to me. Like, why wouldn't they allow... I mean, you allow p- parents to not have any involvement and you should allow parents to have as much involvement as they want. Because this is a public school. This is not a private school. 
you know, if you want a private school and you pay for it and you get the education you want for your kids, you know, so. Parents have more say in private schools these days. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's what I would ask them. Like, why can't it encompass everybody and everything at every level? And it's because they don't want to be transparent. Mm-hmm. You know, and the they, I mean, the unions and the people making all the money, they they don't want to be transparent. I think that the teachers are caught in the middle here mm-hmm. for the most part. And we need to be focused on who are the lawmakers, who are the people making the rules and get them out, not, you know, not berate these teachers because they're stuck where they're stuck. Yeah. It's a problem. Like you look at Elk River School District, they're not allowed, their parents aren't even allowed to go to the school board meetings. That's a problem. Like they pay those taxes. Mm-hmm. And Buffalo, Hanover, just recently, correct, like made the parent comment section of the meetings Private. Almost, almost nothing. Or didn't they like cut it way down? They, the minutes that is. They required. They require you to three days ahead of time. Oh, that's right. Fill out a document on Google Docs um, and submit it, and then they are able to approve it or disapprove it based on what you say in that document. Um, so you can't just show up and talk about whatever you want to talk about. What you're talking about has to be approved, and you get two minutes at the Buffalo High School if or Buffalo Montrose Hanover school board meeting if you're approved you get two minutes to say whatever it is you're gonna talk about yeah so and that that changed i think primarily because of us going there and i was i was very active and making my comments known and asking questions at the school board meeting like why aren't teachers regularly background checked like, I have been a volunteer at the school district since my daughter was a kindergartner, and I have never been background checked again. And that's 12 years, whatever, how many years it's been. She's a sophomore now. Mm-hmm. And I work with the elderly. I get background checked yearly mm-hmm. because they're, they're, uh, they're vulnerable adults, and these are vulnerable children. And so that was one of my questions at one of the school board meetings, like, we had a principal at the Savage Egan uh, School District that he was busted soliciting sex from a minor. He had $200 in his pocket. He was at the door of the police that was pretending to be this girl, and he is in jail. And I had lots of parents reach out to me just because I'm a Moms for Liberty person. So they're from all over the place. Like, what are we doing here? What is going on here? This guy was a principal for 15 years in that school district. And he's soliciting sex from a minor that he's supposed to be protecting. Mm -hmm. And people were very upset about that. So I went to the school board and I asked about that. And I talked about groomers. I talked about what it means to be a groomer. What does it take to have a groomer? You have to have certain books in class. You have to be okay with letting the teacher touch you. I mean, there are there are things that are that should be upheld. Like you don't touch kids, you don't touch each other, you don't talk about certain things. And groomers they use tools in order to be able to to overcome those obstacles. You know, with you know, reading certain books and see it's okay. And Elmo says we can put makeup on, so let me put makeup on you and. And the school board after that one just shut us down. Well, tried to. 
I haven't tried to have a make any more comments since then, just because I'm kind of waiting to see what's actually going to happen. They we did have uh, a guy want to talk about um, book a, a certain book, and lots of people showed up the school board meeting, and he got to say his piece, and nobody else got to speak. So it. You know, the silencing works both ways is kind of what I saw there. Is the people who were there pro-gay in school and stuff, pro-trans in school, all those people flooded that place, but they couldn't speak either because mm -hmm. they didn't fill out the proper document. Just that guy did. Um, and so I, that was kind of an interesting little thing to see there was just like, oh, so this works both ways. We'll see. I mean, I, I have a few things. I've done some data requests, and I have some things I want to say to the school board, and I'm kind of coming up with things I'm going to bring up, but I don't know. I don't know how it's going to go. Um, if I were to take off my glorious hat with a gun on it right now and put on a left-leaning hat, I have a feeling, and I've always thought this, that a lot of the stuff that you just brought up, for whatever reason, they are under the impression that the stuff that children, and I'd say, I mean, they're probably more outward with the, you know, the middle school and high schoolers, that it's really good for their brains to be exposed to that. This has been my theory mm -hmm. that because I, you know, I remember being uh, where I was, I was, I was at somebody's house, I think two summers ago. And, you know, we had, it was kind of a, uh, had met friendly, invited us over. Uh, they had children that were roughly my daughter's age. But I remember uh, one of the neighbors coming by and talking about going to the Renaissance Festival. And the, the woman was like, you know, we walked in and, and, and I believe her daughter was like 15, 16, but she was like, I walked in and uh, immediately saw a, a man with a beard and a dress. And the comment from one of the people there was, that's just so good for her brain. Now, obviously, once you get older, like you're going to experience things like that. Mm -hmm. And I like, I mean, I've never been I've never been shy about uh, you know saying that I'm I'm libertarian leaning, mm -hmm. conservative libertarian. If you want to, you know what what you do in your home is you, uh, but once you start pushing it on people is when it goes too far. But back to the school and back to the kids, I, I think that it's just they're under the impression that, and now it's gotten down into like the grade school level mm -hmm. they think it's just really good for their brains to be exposed to this so here's my i i'm just going to give a personal i have a brother that is gay mm -hmm. he's married to a man they got married in thailand um my kids are nine and eight they have never asked a question they don't think about it it's not something so psychologically that's not something that's on even on their radar so i think mm -hmm. if you're talking about it and you're cramming it down their throat like that they're gonna yeah I think actually it's more psychological damage to be honest because they don't think about that stuff 
you ask my nine-year-old what sexuality is, and he has, he, what, what is that? We shouldn't yeah. even be saying those words yeah. to nine-year-olds. And mine are, mine are with that, uh, uh, holidays, family, mm-hmm. they're with that all the time. Mm-hmm. And it, that's not something that ever comes up. Yeah, I mean, much, much like race and how we moved from South St. Paul and my daughter would play with kids on the playground who were all different colors and never once did she ever come home between the ages of zero and four and a half and say, why is so-and-so a different color? Because it, it just, they don't, exactly. They it don't doesn't, they, it. they don't care. They don't. Nope. Uh, are you a nice person? That's what they care about. Are you being <laughs> yeah. nice to them? Well, you know, it's the old nature versus nurture argument. Mm-hmm. You know, like if a parent wants their kid to be non-binary or something like that, they're going to promote that in their relationship with that kid. And that it negates anything that the kid might feel because they want the attention of their parent. No matter what. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when kids are five, six, seven years old, I mean, that's just so impressionable on them that then you can't really turn back the time. And, you know, there's a lot to be said for the development of the brain. I think people who say these things are good for their brain, um, they don't understand the actual development of the brain. Like, our brains are not completely fused and developed until we're 27 years old. 27 years old like to put sexuality in anything that has to do with sex i don't care if it's heterosexual homosexual gender fluid stuff all of that stuff it just is a saddle on our children that they should not carry it is too heavy of a weight for them to carry and try and be mature enough to deal with it mm-hmm. i mean you look at somebody like i'm jez from and she's the, tr- I mean, her, his mom trouted him around since he was five, mm-hmm. telling everybody that he's a girl, you know, <laughs> even though there's private conversations with them where he's crying, I don't know what I'm doing. I, and she's like, you're doing what I tell you to do because she wanted the money from it. I mean, and that's the power of a parent right there. Not, and we need to understand that, that these people who have these trans kids are actually child abusers. And I'm just going to say it out loud. They are. There's no way that you can't talk about sex with a child and not be an abuser. Because it's not something that's on their minds. No, they don't think about it. At all. And if you're putting it there, then you are using your power over them, and that's abuse of power. Mm -hmm. And that's just my my stance, and nothing can change my mind on that. And, you know, going back to what the schools are doing... You know, this SEL, so social emotional learning, kind of goes down that same path where they teach kids to not believe their eyes, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Like, they do sequences like you have a purple circle and a red triangle and a green square, and the teacher shows all the kids that. Then they show them, then they say, if you see a, then they have blank, so they're white colors, but there's the shape. If you see a square, it's red. You need to say it's red. So she'll show him a square that's blank, and then the child has to be like, is that green or 
red because I know I saw a green square, you know, and it makes them really challenge what they saw versus what they know. And that's where a lot of people get lost in all this social emotional learning stuff is that it's actually changing how kids think and perceive things. They don't want to believe their eyes anymore. They only want to believe what they hear, what they're told. Stand in line, stand here, stand there. Oh, your little boy is running around too much. He probably has ADD, so we should get something for him. And, you know, I mean, things like that. If they don't fit in this little column for little kids, then they're not thinking right. Where kids should be vibrant and they should be thinking about all of these things and uh, taking in their environment and learning from it. But... When they don't believe what their eyes are showing them, then they're not learning from their environment. They're learning from the person teaching them. And that's that's where the, the social emotional learning really cuts to the deep. And people don't understand because, I don't know, like I've said before, it's just so big you can't even see it. Mm-hmm. You know, just so much information that you just don't really want to know what's happening. It's so scary for parents to be like, they can do that to my kid and they do it every day they do it every single day you know telling boys not to act like boys like just sit down and be quiet why can't you be good like sally Mm -hmm. stuff like that where boys are not that way you know i mean anybody who's had a boy knows that Mm -hmm. so i don't know what your question was anymore (laughs) I just kind of went off on a little tangent, but I mean, it's all connected. And that's where this whole idea of what's really going on in the schools, you just really have to break it down and find out what, what's concerning you about your kid. You have to be involved with your kid and what they're learning in every level. You can't just trust your kindergartner teacher anymore. They're not trained to be and to do anything in your best interest. They are trained to do things in the union's best interest. Yeah, the that just made me think of how with this whole push of I mean we've we've made heroes out of students that are coming to class and possibly questioning their gender. I mean, this is a group of people who they admit have a higher suicide rate. Mm-hmm. But then they're also giving, a, you know, they're giving teenagers what every teenager desires more than anything in the world, which is attention. And, and if one, belong. Yes. And, and if one decides that they are not the gender they were that morning, turn them into heroes. Like, uh, you know, the South Park episode, okay. Caitlyn Jenner is not a hero. And then Stan or Kyle, I can't remember which one it was, gets obviously drug through the mud of South Park for saying that. But, uh, I mean, teachers have, like, teachers are becoming therapists. And and things that never before was ever asked of a teacher to do. Uh, And, yeah, that's just terrifying. Right. (laughs) I think most teachers probably just want to get back to the basics. That's my guess. They just want to teach math and English and yeah, all the basics. Like on the Reading. on the radio the other day, I heard how a high school teacher was describing how to manipulate 
orifices. I don't know how to nicely say that. With vibrators and stuff. And where to get them. High schoolers. So anyway. So parents, get your pen and paper out because we're going to go over some questions that will help you ask your teachers about social emotional learning. So one question you could ask is, is the program mandated by the school? Are you able to independently determine what the program, what program to use? So as far as social emotional skills, you know, they talk a lot about feelings and accepting others, asking questions about how they are teaching that to your kid is totally acceptable in the realm of reality. Um, another question you can ask is, how are you using data collected in surveys as part of the program? Because your school is giving surveys to your kids and you really should opt out of those surveys. But what, what I do with my daughter, she's a sophomore, we have always talked about the difference between reality and what public school is teaching sometimes. She's very open-minded about this, this stuff. So I go over the survey with her and they do ask, What's your sexual orientation to ninth graders? I mean, I've never seen one not ask questions like that. So, you know, be aware of what surveys are being asked in, in the class. Teachers can have their own surveys. Um, we do have a teacher at Buffalo that forces kids to give pronouns um, without option of opting out. And that makes some kids very uncomfortable because in today's world, in some places if you give the wrong pronoun then you're singled out mm -hmm. you know so why are we letting teachers single kids out well and they can change the pronouns every other day if they really wanted to. right and so those are just like a couple questions that you can you know sit your teacher down and ask them about it just to see what's going on in your in your kids schooling uh do you have anything to add to that you are more than you can free to talk about whatever uh, you would like so yeah, I, you talk about social emotional learning for a minute because i know it's it's yeah. deep in there yeah let's well, talk about common core for just a to, little bit yeah i'll talk let's about talk common to, core because they kind of go together they do yeah that's so common core came down during the obama administration it's basically one size fits all for students so it's a national initiative. Every kid is going to be on the same education program. So if you think your kid's getting an individual education, they're not. Um, every state took the funding for it, except for four of them. Um, which Do you is, know which four? Uh, Tennessee, Oklahoma. Texas took half and then tried to give it back. I know that. I don't know how that worked out for them. Um, Tennessee, Oklahoma... Florida, maybe? No, Florida took it. Um, oh, I thought Georgia two. didn't. I thought Georgia didn't. I'd have to go back and look at my notes. Okay. But there's there's four of them. Mm -hmm. that, yeah. Um, but I know Tennessee was one of them, <laughs> for sure. Um, so they... I actually pulled my kids out of school because I learned about this program. It's actually very frightening, the Common Core framework, um, to me anyway. Um, and I know I've read articles and my, the school that my kids go to their, um, the founder of the school is heavy into the legislation. He's a, a professor and he talks heavily about this stuff and he has 
talked about how in New York, they actually, this will lead up to them monitoring. So let's say they're talking about the transgender stuff in school. Um, they can have monitors on your kids. So they're w- watching their blood pressure, their heart rates to see if they're getting kind of worked up over talking about this stuff as well. Um, and that's the extreme part of it. That I don't think that part is in Minnesota. Um, when I started my kids in their new school, um, my daughter's a first grader, so she'd only had one year of public school, and they were already able to tell me where she was learning Common Core in English and math. Your new school was able to basically pick out... Right away, within a 20-minute assessment, where they were learning Common Core in English and math, yes. Do you know how they did that or what what was the explanation because that's fascinating yep so what she did is they she had my daughter read um and what they it's the way they sound out so it must be something with the phonics it's the way they they sound out the words and instead common core has them looking at the pictures rather than sounding out the words so they're not um and how i can explain common core basically is your standard so back in the 90s we got put on standardized tests and if you were in public school i mean i know i took the standardized test in public school um and that's part of it so from what i understand um let's say we have a kid that's in a common core environment okay they're learning from the teacher um, the teacher let's say they're learning about the tigers the teacher is going to go and ask the students what color is a tiger? Well, and then each student's gonna give their answer. If one student says purple, oh, that's great. Then they'll ask something else and then all the students will answer. So it's more of a uh, student-led education, whereas mine are in a classical, out of the frame, the classical framework. So let's say they go, they're in their classical education and they ask, they're doing the same type of lesson. The teacher is gonna read a book about tigers talk about what colors tigers are, what they eat, so-and-so. And And then afterwards, they're going to say, what else lives in the jungle? And that's when they open it up to the students. So it's more, the Common Core is more of a student-led, you're getting what the students are saying, it's a standardized approach, and it's a one-size-fits-all. And they don't correct them when they're wrong? No. So that could go on, that that, that scenario could go on for a long time, you know, when they're, Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of what you kind of see with all of this transgender youth stuff and where they're in the lead. They're, the kids are the ones making the decisions. And, you know, we have to remember lawmakers have taken a lot of this stuff away from the doctors as far as challenging kids. I know doctors are getting hit pretty hard for doing a lot of these surgeries and stuff, but in a lot of these states, they have to do these surgeries. They have to affirm this care. Mm-hmm. And so, again, thinking about who's in charge and who's making the laws rather than who's doing the deed. Um, but, you know, if you listen to any kind of trans detransitioner, all of them, every single one I've ever listened to says, I went into the doctor, I said I felt this way, and they gave me what I needed. Mm-hmm. They didn't ask me. They didn't challenge me. There was no follow-up mm-hmm. and ruined, destroyed their lives. And then you ask them what their help is now that they've decided they want None. to transition. But, you know, so I, I did take a safe space class uh, given by Wright County. And uh, I remember this. Was yeah. this last fall? Yeah, last nope. fall. <laughs> I got in there and it was eye-opening. I mean, they... 
went through scenarios. You know, you do this with the scenario, that with the scenario. Um, the one scenario that is the most important and that was missing was what if a kid says they changed their mind? There was no answer for that. There was no... This is how we help kids who think they're one way, but then decide maybe they are how they were born, and let's help them get there, back there, in one piece. Nope. They just drop them like a hot rock. And uh, when I cornered, not cornered her, but I spoke to her alone, the lady giving the presentation, who was a very nice person, but misguided, she made the claim that none of this is for kids, and you know, about gender and sex and all of this. And they had this unicorn who they used as, this is where sex is, this is where gender is, this is pointing these things out. And I said, if this is for adults, why aren't we using a gingerbread man or just a human body? But you're using a unicorn, which tells me it is for kids. And she kept denying it and denying it. And I said, now, if you are agreeing that there are two sexes because obviously they're right here you have male and female and then you separate the genders out and there are all kinds of things why aren't the bathrooms based on a person's sex because i don't really care how you feel on the inside i care about what you look like on the outside when i have to get naked with you and she she basically said, well, you know, it, they have to go with their comfort level and what they're comfortable. And if a guy looks like a girl and he walks into the boy's bathroom, then he could be, you know, beat up or whatever. And I'm like, that still doesn't justify having a Peter in in the girl's bathroom. Mm -hmm. Well, and on top of that, I mean, what where's that line where if, if you want to be a man and you just want to dress up in a dress and go in a female bathroom and rape a woman, mm -hmm. you can do that these now. Thing, these things are happening. They are happening. Did you have anything else you wanted to talk about Common Core? We... Yes, I get off on these tangents. You've okay. slow me down. I, I mean, I... I kind of derailed you when I asked how your daughter was, yeah. how they picked that out Yeah. by their test. Well, that and their math. She calls it, now she calls it math gymnastics. So she said, Mom, and she just said it the other day, she was talking, they have them do their math or whatever. She said, Mom, math gymnastics is where you, let's say you have a problem nine and, I forget what she said, nine and 11 or something. And she said, you would go 10 plus 10 and then minus that. That's math gymnastics. So that's what they're doing in in the public schools, apparently. And that so in her school, the classical education, they make them memorize, like, um, or not memorize, but repetitively practice, like, are you doing 4 plus 3, 4 plus 7, 4 plus 8. So they're constantly practicing that stuff rather than doing what she calls the math gymnastics. Mm -hmm. So and they have to know the timetables. Yep. And the box. Right. Yeah, yeah, yes. Before I was a Neanderthal iron worker, I was a substitute teacher and I subbed a math class for three days. And they're drawing. And I got up to the board at one point and I started doing it normal. Mm -hmm. Big number on top, little number on bottom, <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, 
this, drop the zero, and I turned around and the class looked at me like I had two heads. Yep, yep. that's the and I said, Wait. Yep, mm-hmm. and they got up there, and then I said, okay, you show me how, how, how are you all doing it now? Yeah. And they got up there and they drew the box, and what it occurred to me is that the box allows them to not have, basically not have to think. Yep. Like you don't have to memorize, you don't have to just yep. know your times tables or know that right offhand, six plus four is 10, seven plus three is 10. Like yeah. I remember no, that is how I became, you know, understood mm-hmm. math is what two numbers would always equal 10. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you can do that very simply with other numbers. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yes. So common core. You're good. Yep. And okay. That's basically what it, yeah, it's classical education. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, take us through some of the more egregious things that you have heard within Wright County, because I can tell you we moved out here from South St. Paul. Um, it's better. <laughs> and... I kind of thought, and I talked about this last summer with you, how I grew up in Edina. I graduated from Edina High School in 2001. At one point, Edina High School, I believe in like 1975 or 77, was the number one high school, number one public high school in the country. Mm-hmm. By the time I graduated, uh, I've told the story that I had a social studies teacher or a current events teacher who was a gay man. I, I never knew it. He was an awesome teacher, loved him as a teacher. And at the 2000 election, he told us that he was not going to say who he was going to vote for because there was a handful of people that could vote and he didn't want to influence them. And that's you, a good teacher. Can you that's imagine a, a gay man, a, a very liberal gay teacher nowadays saying that? Mm, yeah. But that's, that's a shame. so we come out to Buffalo from South St. Paul because South St. Paul is an absolute disaster when it comes to their school. Mm-hmm. Thinking that, you know, we had gone back in time a little bit too, but we found out that there are some stories that have gone on out here and there has been some troubling things. So give us some of the more egregious things you've come across. Super Buffalo, and the fact that we all, they all have to have went girls, boys in public spaces, right? Yeah. yeah, I think that's that's like the number one thing was a very liberal attorney um, picked a kid that had to use his own bathroom because he was a trans person. And the school allowed him to use his own bathroom. Um, he had to walk a ways to get there. So this very liberal attorney took up arms and came after our school board, who then folded. And it never even went to court. They just agreed that they will have transgender teaching for their t- students and their teachers. They agreed to have the bathrooms be basically non-binary. Um, I think I have the policy right here. Somewhere in here. I know I printed it up. But, um, you know, it was just the school, the the school board really let us down because that was really a a hill they should have fought on. 
Um, it's a equal education opportunity policy number 102 um, where they allow names and pronouns to be used. Uh, the bathrooms, all students may use a bathroom consistent with their gender identity. All students have the option of using gender neutral or single stall facilities if they choose to do so. No student will be singled out and required by the district to use a gender neutral bathroom. So no matter what, they can pick what they want. Uh, locker rooms, all students may use locker rooms consistent with their gender identity and not their sex. Remember that. Because sex is what we see. Gender is how you feel. And I think that we should be doing these things based on what we see. Uh, Extracurricular activities, transgender and general non-conforming youth may play on sports teams consistent with their gender identity, subject to meeting the performance criteria that apply to all students during tryouts for teams. Gender non-conforming youth may choose which team they are most comfortable with. So here you have boys competing against girls. Um, we have seen a girl in Georgia. She got a brain injury from a transgender man playing on the girls volleyball team um, and they did show that video and laughed about it on multiple outlets mm -hmm. uh, but that girl will have problems the rest of her life um, because of the speed of the ball that hit her in the head and nobody the media I shouldn't say nobody cares the media does not care about that um, so Men in girls' sports is just deteriorating girls' sports. And have we had any girls demanding to play in men's sports in our county out here? No. 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 Okay. no. And so far, I have not seen vice versa either. I haven't seen boys in girls' oh. sports, sports okay. here in our county that I have heard of. Now, could they be playing in something that doesn't really matter golf for example like you wouldn't really hear a lot about that but i haven't um i haven't heard of any in this thing another thing that happened that was really upsetting was in saint michael they had a speaker come in and they were talking about bullying online and i don't know if it was TikTok or whatever the kids use but there was the who's hotter competitions that they use to bully kids and like see you're not hotter Emily I'm hotter than you and all of this well in when they were talking about that they pitted a teacher against a seventh grader oh, yeah. <sighs> on who's hotter and the kids had to vote on who was hotter raising their hands the teacher or the student Wait. <laughs> This what, student, what I mean, the, the parent, the parent took to the community page, and there was so much vitriol against that parent. I wouldn't be surprised if that kid's not in school anymore. Like, I really wouldn't be. Like, the parent had every right to be like, "What the heck?" If I found out that my daughter was put on stage with a teacher and asked who was hotter, That's holy true. hell would rain down. Like, I would not be cool with that at all and that's just part of you know you go back to the groomer thing that's breaking one down down one of those barriers yeah. how many teachers have been arrested this year alone for for inappropriate touching of students the number's staggering it's like 
almost it's got I think I think it's close to a thousand. Yeah, I mean I don't know. I don't I don't <laughs> yeah. know. The last time you looked it was like two hundred and eighty seven and that was in February. Wow. Yep. And that was just this year. Yeah. Is this all over? This is all over the country. Okay. Yep. That's I mean, still pretty terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's one. I'm glad like, it's not you know, just I, in Wright County. Right, no. <laughs> no. I mean, as a student, I was in sixth grade and I had a very strange teacher. Oh, yeah. We all Anna. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, I just was, he just was strange. And now that I'm an adult, I look back and he probably was gay man. Um, but I don't know for sure because he didn't really talk about that. But he did come up. I had this big collar. Remember the 80s? You had all the cool, huge collars. And he came up and he touched the collar and he said, you should cinch that up. And being an adult now, I look back and it's probably because you could see down my shirt. Oh. You know, so he was trying to protect me. Mm-hmm. And one of the, somebody saw that and I got called into my uh, guidance counselors and my parents weren't there. It was my guidance counselor, a principal I didn't know, and somebody else I didn't know. And they hounded me about that. And not for like one minute. I was probably in there for an hour about how he touched me and what did he say and, and this and that. And I'm like, he didn't really touch me. And that was not an appropriate answer. They wanted a different answer than that. Hmm. And they were going to get it. I mean, and this was... I graduated in 91, so, I mean, we're talking in the 80s, because sixth grade, so it was like 84, 85, and Jesus, I'm old. (laughs) But, you know, I mean, that's what they, that's what they, the school will get the information out of the kid that they want. I have always been stubborn, and I did not succumb to what they were telling me they wanted to hear. I actually got up and stormed out, walked home to school from school, which was like four miles, told my dad what they did because they wouldn't let me use the phone. And my dad drove me back to the school and had a conversation with the principal that I was not privy to. <laughs> but I never saw that print, that teacher again, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's just how they manipulate situations and stuff and all of that. So, what else was were we talking about? Uh, stories within Wright County. Well, we know St. Michael Albertville, they wouldn't get rid of the one book. Yeah. I oh. can't remember the title of the book. Speak. Speak. Yep. Yep. Walter Hudson. Yep. Oh, uh, God. Is he amazing? He's wonderful. Um, I want him to come see Moms for Liberty again. I would imagine. Yes, time. We, we have, well, we have a teacher in Buffalo that we just can't get rid of. Monticello got rid of her, and she came. She came to our school. Thanks a lot, but I mean, she's forcing kids to use the pronouns. Mm-hmm. She's pushing her agenda. She's got her pride flag and her trans flag up in the room. I she doesn't let kids speak about any other thing. Like, and she's a Spanish teacher that is teaching kids Spanish, gender neutral. Yeah, I don't Isn't know how that, that works. I, have I believe that goes against what the Spanish. literally the mm-hmm. entire language is based on. Isn't yeah, it? it right. Is, yeah. Like so, I I mean, I don't know that much about Spanish, uh, but I do know that they're very male and female. Yeah. And how you, I mean, we have a one of the moms for liberty female. Yeah. One of the moms for liberty kids 
took three years of Spanish, got into college, and the college professor is like, you don't even know Spanish. Like, so she can't even hardly take Spanish in college because she's not college ready because this teacher has her own agenda. Sure. And, uh, yeah, you know, I have bad. I have emailed the superintendent multiple times. I get pictures. I get complaints about her. And he's just like, thank you for the information. Okay, this brings me to a good, or that that's a good lead into another question of how important is... The school board elections. Oh. How much? Get involved on your local level no matter what you do. That's the most important thing. Yeah. And do we have... So this coming election, so 2024, we have four seats up. Is there not... There is nothing in 23. Or no. The school boards everywhere, they're only the... In Minnesota, years. it goes with the election season. Okay. And, and it can vary state to state. Um, but in Minnesota, it goes with the election season. And every two years, you have three and three up. And then the next time there's an election, there's four seats up. Mm, so okay. in 2024, we have four seats up. And... If we can flip that school board. As in we, we as in Wright County. Yes, in Wright County and Buffalo, Buffalo, Montrose, Hanover Mm -hmm. School District. We can flip that. We can start making different decisions. We can open the school board back up to questions from parents. We can do lots of things. (laughs) I don't want to get too far into it, but so... Anybody out there who is thinking about running for school board, we need some names. We need some well-known names running for school board that are pro-kid and pro-parent and will vote together as a group to make some serious changes in our school district. Four years. We need four years of your time and we can make some serious changes. So I would beg you if you're well known to join me in a school board run. Will you be running again? Yes. Um, I was very close. Yeah, How was. many of the four that are up are conservative leaning? Do we I know? would say zero considering where my school is right now. Oh, I yeah. don't, it's hard to tell because they always vote in, they always vote all of them the same. So there is no one school board member that stands out as somebody who is a no. Mm-hmm. Like, we now have, like, Moms for Liberty people all over this country, pro-parent parents that um, are not associated with Moms for Liberty, but they're pro-parents. They're on the school board, and they are standalone no's often. Mm-hmm. And you, so you will see who they are after a while. Like, you cannot tell in Buffalo who, is, who will stand up for you and your kids. Not one. Not one of them voted no against having boys in the girls' locker room. Not one of them. I cannot believe any one of them got re-elected. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just unbelievable to me that parents are like, oh, that's okay. Because that's what they're saying. If Bob Sansevier, he got his seat back, everybody who voted for him said, that's okay that boys are in the girls' locker room. That's, that's what they told the whole world. Because he should have lost a seat. He was the only one that was an incumbent that was running. He should have lost. 
is uh, has he been conservative leaning in the past or to your face he will say that okay but all I care about is your voting record yeah I don't really care how you feel personally I I care about what you do in public in the public eye sure you know so it can go in the trash he's like oh no I'm on your side I've cornered him before I've talked to him about this stuff oh no I have a I have a daughter in school too and I know how you feel and but you still voted yes. You mm-hmm. still voted that this was okay. And he should have lost his seat. He should have lost his seat. I think what our problem is is they're weaponizing people's good nature and wanting to be accepting of people. We're told that we're supposed to be accepting of this stuff, and that's... Yeah, that is what they're doing. And then they, people like that, they just stay silent. Yeah. Because I think they're being good. Well, they're, they're terrified. Yeah. They're terrified of the six people on Facebook that might... Come after them. Yeah. And, like, those six people, say what you want. Say what you want. But I I will always, I will never bend the knee. Mm -hmm. I will always stand up for parents and stuff. Kids. Kids especially. Kids need it now more than ever. I mean, this whole world to negotiate through all the social media stuff, I mean, it's just crazy. Mm -hmm. Crazy stuff. Um. Take us through your journey from left to right. Yes, I want to hear this. <laughs> uh, well, I grew up in a family that was heavily union, um, so it was all we were always told we needed to vote left. A that was one thing. Um, um, I went to college, which probably was another, that was when I really started to see changes in myself, was when I went to college, if I'm being honest. Um, As in? I was intolerant of, like, I could, I remember a conversation I had with my dad about race, and I was just intolerant to even listening to, like, what he had to say. (laughs) Um, Now, looking back on that conversation, it was not... Yeah, I was totally out of my... I was not thinking clearly. <laughs> I owe my dad an apology after that conversation. Let's Have just you say given that. him that apology, or is it right here? Uh, well, I've given it to him, but I'll say sorry again, Dad. Okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I went to college. My mom went to the U of M, was very left-leaning as well. She still is very left-leaning. Um, and, like I said, it, it was... My education, what I learned about... So, in a sense, my, my college education was a good thing and a bad thing. Um, so, when I went... I guess COVID would have been when I... The whole HIPAA thing, I guess, is really what it what got me. Is when they um, started saying, you need to show your vaccine cards. And then, well, businesses, they the HIPAA doesn't apply. Well, yes, but... That's to me. It was like, well, now it's like the Star of David. Like you're a Jew. Like you're showing your your medical record, mm-hmm. and your medical record is your most legal document above anything else. It's above anything else. Your medical record. So, to me, that was okay. Now we're just willy nilly showing our medical records. That's weird. And then the other part for me that really got me was the cards. They're writing on them, and we're all going. We're doing meaningful use and going electronic. So I'm like, well, how are they? tracking this like how is that shaking out um and then of course from my education i learned that we centralized all of our health care so all of the major insurances medica blue cross blue shield all of those major insurances that we have um they had the health information exchange so they were able to move our 
per our data and our immunizations from place to place without any release of information. Hmm. Um, and then, of course, it, the VAERS report, that kind of threw me. After 50 people had injuries and vaccines, we usually shut things down, and this was not the case, so that was another one. Um, the skilled nursing facilities, usually when we got the flu, we'd shut down admissions. We didn't do that for COVID. As a matter of fact, we were taking people, which was really strange to me. Um, so there was a couple things. That's kind of what got me, like I started thinking about it. And then I had a mom friend. I had struggled from hyperemesis really bad in my pregnancies. And I was on Facebook. Don't even know. I, I never met this person. I just met her on Facebook through our hyperemesis group. And she had posted an article from the Gateway Pundit, and I went, and it just spiraled from there. Like, hmm. And then I just flipped. I don't know how to, that's <laughs> basically three days of like, is this really what's happening right now? And then starting to really dig into what was happening, where, where we were with it. Mm -hmm. um, I have a family member that's gay. I, you know, like, so I had a lot of the things, the unions, a lot of things, everything's left-leaning, you know, in my family. I have a lot of family members that I don't see eye to eye with right now because of it. Me too. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's, and it's... We don't even talk about politics in my house because me and my dad have gone at it before and yeah. we just decided that, no... Yeah. And what we'll I what, and what I tell my family too sometimes when they say, "Well, this is politics," I'm like, "Actually, I don't see it as politics anymore. Right. You are bleeding into my morals." Yeah. And I was never a political person either. Mm -hmm. I was always right. Like, I I never. I was like, "Whatever, you guys are just doing what you do. You're doing. You know, politics wasn't. I was kind of like the average American where you just don't think it's important." Well, when you learn that you have a republic, it's actually your participation is very important. <laughs> <laughs> and participation meaning you read more than just the line on the top of the newspaper. Yeah. Go you to your know? caucus, you know? Like, yes, do the caucus. Be a delegate. Like, get I, got, into I that. got to be a delegate. I even got more votes than Marion O'Neill to be a delegate. Wow. Yes, I know. It's quite the accomplishment. Yeah. Well, she's very well known. <laughs> I don't know how it, how it, that was the switch. I don't know. It wasn't I, a, no, I'm always. Uh, I'm I always, I voted for Bill Clinton. I voted for Hillary Clinton the first time. Jesus, oh. I can't I know. even be friends with you. I know, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like <laughs> it's it, it totally can be friends. Boy, with you. I was so wrong. Yeah. Same with Obama. I never voted for. I Bill Clinton was my last Democrat I voted for. But what's interesting is I voted for Bush the first time I ever got to vote. So I went right. Left, left, and then I went way the other side. Once I so, what yeah. what drove or what inspired you to vote Bush? I was eighteen. My dad was the union. Oh. He was telling me to vote left, so I voted right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> either one, I think it was a bad. It was Kerry and Bush, so there either choice I would have made probably wouldn't have been a good one anyway. So, and look where your dad is now. I mean, oh, he's yeah. super supportive of you being involved here and having your kids out of the school and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, he's learned a lot. He's learned a lot too. Yeah. Through you and just, I think COVID, if there's going to be a silver lining, I think that is it. That it exposed a lot of the stuff that never needed, never was going to be exposed. And Trump exposed a lot of it. Oh yeah. You know, I, and that just, and just because of how the left acts towards him, not Trump himself, but you 
believe your eyes. You believe what you see, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, like... And most people, most left, you ask them, why did you vote for Biden? The response they give you is something about Trump. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which I, I think is funny. They don't have any... Right. Yeah. Uh, do you guys have anything else you really want to get out there with Miles Rudy? You just talked to Liz Collins. Yes, I got to talk to Liz Collins and Alpha, Alpha News. Um, you'll be a, that uh, episode's going to drop, she said, Monday maybe. So we'll see about that. We talked about what Moms for Liberty is doing in Minnesota. Uh, I am now connected with the other chapter chairs, and we're going to start trying to move in unison and do some stuff more at the Capitol, do some information gathering as far as lawmakers are concerned. Like I've said, we need to know who's making these laws. And right now, Minnesota is very blue. And mm-hmm. that doesn't mean we give up, though. I, I, there'll be hope in me till my, my last breath that we can fix this. You know, and that's why I do what I do. My husband goes, I don't know why you're involved. Everybody, it'll take care of itself. Everything swings back and forth. And blah, blah, blah. It's no waste of your time. And I honestly don't believe that. I honestly believe that it takes moms like us and you, sir, that um, take your time to hold the line. That could be mistaken for a mom, totally. <laughs> I mean, we got to hold the line. <laughs> this this is a time like on a, no other. Yeah. You know, and... Some of the things people can do at home is you can attend your school board meetings and workshops. You don't have to speak. There'll be one person there that'll be willing to speak, but be there and listen to what they're saying. Take notes, be present. Um, You can support teachers who just wanna teach. Uh, So don't go into your teacher's room and berate them and, you know, they're pretty much trying to follow things lock and step. totally respectfully ask questions mm-hmm. pull your kids out of public school that's what's going to hurt them the most we don't want to hurt the teachers yeah. but the public school really needs to be defunded really is out of control um, you can support local groups like Moms for Liberty and other concerned parent groups uh, there's Minnesota Restore here in Wright County if you want to get on the more political uh, level instead of just on the school board uh, they do a great job of getting information out there um, fair for all they're pretty good yes they're, yep yep um, super important is to report and record anything that concerns you and I'm talking to kids here and parents if you see something coming through the school that that is concerning to you send it to moms for liberty our website is out there my email is always open you can send me videos i've had i had a video sent to me of a teacher screaming and throwing things at at a kid for using paper to print stuff up yeah what was he supposed to use or she not the school (laughs) paper not the school paper because they were in a referendum and they were not going to get the referendum passed and they needed to be aware of how much this stuff costs and you can't just print paper here willy-nilly and hmm. who do you think you are? I mean, this is a teacher speaking to a student. Hmm. Um, so tell your kids to flip on their phones. Record the stuff. It doesn't happen if it's not recorded because the teachers, the curriculum director, the superintendent will say it never happened. They'll say, thank you for that information. And that's all you'll ever hear. So that's a really big thing people can de- 
can do. Um, parents can oversee your children, children's what they're learning. Talk to them about what they're learning. And if there's something you don't agree with, talk about why you don't agree with that. Give them the facts. Give them why, why global warming isn't a real thing. Because that's where a lot of, you know, teachers start. They start with that. You know, and know your facts. Know what you're talking about with your kids and just be involved. Um, support people running for school board that are pro-parent, that are pro-kids. You might not totally agree with them all the time, but if they're standing there going, I am going to be on the side of the parent, that should be what you want. Mm -hmm. No matter where you are on the political spectrum, you should want your parental rights intact at all times. So you can be as aggressive with your kid or as loose with your kid as you feel, see fit, not what anybody else thinks. Um, so you should always support pro-parent people, even though you might not uh, agree with them politically. And uh, don't be afraid to ask questions and to ask, ask what's going on in the kids' school. Ask the teachers, why are you reading this book? Ask, ask the teachers, why are you not reading this book? I mean... They got rid of mice and men, and they got rid of Huckleberry Finn, and a lot of good classicals. Yeah, you know, I mean, you learned a lot of stuff from Huckleberry Finn. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. No. So my daughter did watch the movie To Kill a Mockingbird, but she didn't read the book. And I'm like, you should really read the book. Like, there's a lot more emotions in the book than yeah. than uh, mm -hmm. in the movie. So. So in closing, those are just some of the things that people can do in your own community. And it doesn't have to be in Wright County. It can be anywhere. You know, go on the school website, find out when the school board meetings are, and go, take the time to go to them. I think we're so busy these days that we always have the excuse we're so busy. Mm -hmm. I just don't have time. Now's well, time you know what? Time. You know what? These kids, they're growing up. They're not having time constraints. They can hand in their work late. How are you going to like it when you go to the bank? to cash your check and the bank teller goes on break and makes you stand there and wait. How about when you're elderly and you live in a geriatric home and you're sitting in your own mess and the person goes on break because it's their break time and they need a mental health break? You know, not cool. Mm -hmm. These are the things that are going to happen because there's no, they're just not being taught to appreciate time and to be mindful of how long things take and stuff like that and you're starting to see it a lot and kids graduating from school employers are starting to kind of see it i mean imagine when everybody graduating from school is like that mm -hmm. I, I mean good luck going to mcdonald's and getting your food in five minutes because mm -hmm. they don't understand the pressure of time because they didn't weren't ever taught time mm -hmm. like for example my stepson graduated for, totally forget what year he graduated, but he graduated from Buffalo. I got a call. I was the number third three person to call because I'm a stepmom. I get a call from his math teacher because he couldn't she couldn't get a hold of anybody else. Yeah, so and so's gonna fail, and then he's not gonna graduate. And I was like, well, good, because he should be <laughs> handing his stuff in. And it's pretty benign not to graduate from high school. I mean, it's totally different to get fired from a job. You need to pay a mortgage. Mm -hmm. Like, so what? He'll have yeah. to go to school this summer? Big deal. Good. He needs to learn that lesson. And that was basically what I said to the teacher. But the teacher let him hand all of... He had nothing. He handed nothing in for that class. 
let him hand it in all on the last day, gave him 75% and passed him. <laughs> what do you think Mitch learned from that? He will get by. <laughs> get by doing the minimum. <laughs> or not at all. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, yeah. And that was years ago. Yeah. It's just, it's just so important to get involved and to hold the line and to hold people accountable and stuff. It's just... Go along with that. I was actually in a school. Uh, I'm in high schools quite a bit. Um, and what I learned from this school is that uh, their students, you know how you have the bell ring first 8 a.m. They come in. Their students will show up 20, 30 minutes late. They don't get tardies. They don't. And he says it's a problem. Like every day they just show up when they want. And there's nothing they can do about this. And this is coming from the dean of students at that school. Why is there nothing they can do about it? That's what, yeah. Because they make the rules, you know? It is a problem. That is for sure. Yeah. <laughs> what has become of the public schools. Yeah. And I had one teacher that I interviewed. She, she had said to me that she was physically assaulted, and this was in a northern school. And the, the, the school didn't do anything. It's like, you just had a teacher that was physically assaulted by a student. How are you going to, you know? Yeah. Of course, her response was, well, it's the parents. But they don't let the parents in the school. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, uh, if you guys have, if you girls have, if you ladies have <laughs> nothing else. <laughs> Um, we got to leave stuff for the next one, right? Sure. Yeah. Uh, we will wrap it up. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, your website? Oh, our website is momsforliberty.org forward slash chapters forward slash Wright County, Minnesota. MN. MN. And your Facebook? Uh, you can find us on Facebook at Moms for Liberty. Wright County, just look that up and you can answer a series of questions and possibly get approved. <laughs> and this will be shared there this yes. time. Yes, this will be all be shared. <laughs> okay, good. And good. I'll come see us at the Wright County Fair. We are having a booth at the Wright County oh. Fair. Yep, and you did last year as well. Yep. Do you know the location? It's the same location. It's so in, inside that one building. Yeah, that one. To get really specific. Well, it's right across. It's, <laughs> it's the white building right across where all the animals are. So we're that first building. Like when you walk in and there's the animal barns, mm -hmm. we're the first building on the left. Okay. We're like the second booth in. And if you find our Wright County GOP booth. You are um, outside. Yes, we are outside kind of in that little. You're in the middle. Yes. Well, if you were in the same place you were last year. Yes. And the Democrats were way down there. Oh. Yeah. I had to go and talk. I went and talked to them. They didn't believe me that the book I was carrying was in schools. <laughs> oh. Interesting. But, yeah, so find Angie and uh, Wright County Moms for Liberty on their website, on Facebook. And we will do this again. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Angie. Thank you, Emily. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, that's all we got for tonight. Thank you. We'll, uh, we'll hopefully see you at 
the next BPOU meeting, which, by the way, will be a week later than normal. It will be the second Wednesday in July because the first Wednesday in July is a day after the fourth. And so we will we were, we were thinking that we would likely not have as many attendees. So I believe it is July 12th would be the next for our BPOU meeting. Uh, thank you all. Have Peace out. Night. Thank you. <laughs> Goodbye.